0: You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Timeform, the trusted source of racing data and analysis, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by the Racing App, in partnership with FitzDares.
1: Hi, welcome to Nick Luck Daily. It is Wednesday, the 14th of February. It was Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. That's good. Uh, there'll be a message sent home soon enough i'm in qatar for the amir sword this weekend and also the amir trophy and a big international turnout for that hopefully providing you with some updates over the next couple of days when speaking to connections that'll be with charlotte who's with you through to the end of the week off the back of today nick away for the rest of the week plenty to get through in today's show on the Nick Luck Daily, we will hear from Andy Edwards, owner of Presse, ahead of his run in the Grade 1 this weekend, Betfair Ascot-Chase. Ruth Jefferson is along to give us an update on Sounds Russian, who is likely to run in the Rendlesham this weekend, not having been seen since being brought down to the Cheltenham Gold Cup at the end of last season. We start, though, with news that a classic and art-winning trainer, Carlos lafon parias is stepping down from the training ranks at the end of 2024 he won a couple of group one races last year with the likes of Kalina and Yana Rose the the trainer of Recolitos of Silasol uh, of course arc hero Solomir who beat Orfebvre in one of the most dramatic renewals of the arc back in 2012 and Carlos joins me now uh, Carlos thanks ever so much for your time uh, if we could start by are you telling us just why you've arrived at this decision now
2: well, uh, the, the last two year, I talked with my wife uh, regarding to stop and back home uh, because all of my 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 sons now they are working already they, they, they all left the, the house. So it's time to, to to me and my wife to change life.
1: Hmm. And is that will will you go back home to Spain or stay in France?
2: No, no, no. France. I spend a lot of time in France. It's the best. is the best place to train horses. But I, I prefer to go back home to to live and uh, to to my family, my um, and my friends. No, I think France. France is enough for me.
1: <laughs> so, so back to back to Spain. Where, where in where is home, Carlos? In Spain.
2: Well, I've, I'm my family is from uh, Patricia. My wife, father, live in Madrid. Mm. Uh, so, so, and I like I like Madrid because I study Madrid. My, my family came from the south and Seville. We got a house in Seville and in a little and and another not far from there in, in San Saluca de Barrameda where I spent a lot of time when I was young with my family, with a house and. In, 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 and then uh, near the sea, so between Seville and and Lucar de Barrameda, we spend most of the time.
1: And and remind me, did you start off as a trainer in Spain, but but sort of had to had to move to France because of opportunities and it being the best place to train horses?
2: Well, uh, I trained well, when I was gentleman. I have a license to train my own horses and then uh, I wrote as a gentleman for many years that gave me the chance to 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 know a lot of people's and so one day I decided to, to 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 work in France just for 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 for, for one year and in Durant, and then they, they, they close the, the the Spanish racetrack and then that, that's why I stay here. You never know if they open the racetrack again. If uh, you know that's 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 life. So yeah. that's why uh, that's why I, <laughs> I think I decided to, to stay in France and I start to train and uh, I was lucky to have a nice owners and uh, good results.
1: And plenty of, of trainers now are, are older than you. Training plenty stay on for longer than you are. You are going to. I suppose the question is 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 why now? Does it just feel the perfect time?
2: Well, I', I, I healthy. Yeah. Uh, I've got, got sixty one in the next uh, next two months. Yeah and I think that the time you are healthy is this is the right time to do it uh, so I work on my life to to for that uh, from Monday to Sunday uh, so I want to do an, an, another thing you know we uh, <laughs> just work from 11 years 11 months a year every every single day so so I think it's, it's the right time to do it. Other, otherwise, or maybe it's too late. I see many of my, of my, of train many, a lot of trainers, yeah, finishing the 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 end of his career in in, in in because they haven't got any more horses to train, or financial problems. So uh, I, I don't want to have the, 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 those problems. We have to to stop and have a. Um, I don't need much to to to, 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 to live. We've got a house already in the south of Spain. I'm going to sell my yard. And it's enough for me and my wife. Mm.
1: And hopefully go out off the back of a good 2024 with the likes of um, Kalina, the 4A the winner. Is she still in training, Carlos?
2: Yeah, Kalina, yeah. The, 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 the brother. They decided to keep it in training. He was a very, very sound filly. They keep another filicot called left C who was very unlucky last year. Uh, she only won a, a listener, but she was she was second in a in a group three. But she, I think she got a lot of progress to do, and I think she can she can go to the big races for four for an up. Uh, for Phillies races and the group races.
1: Uh, for, uh, out of the, 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 the damn left hand who you trained as well, she's a, she's a Franco Philly. Uh, Kalina will stay over uh, maybe a mile, seven furlongs, is that right?
2: Well, yeah, we can, uh, there's not many races at the beginning of the year, so the, the first race we can run is the first of May in the Prix de Muguet. Is the first, is the only, it's a group two. And, uh, and then uh, there's Ascot or, or the Falmouth. But it's, the target is from yeah, from from Ascot till till the Douvill. The the good races for Phillies. There is nothing before. Mm-hmm. So I think for the lock-in against the Colts, it, no, We prefer to take the time. Maybe the the Piedemugue and then uh, Ascot or the Falmouth and then then But there is a lot of races, but nothing before before middle of the year.
1: Sure. I appreciate your time and um, we on the, the Nick Like Daily podcast wish you a, a brilliant season before you retire. Thanks, Carlos. Thank you a lot. Guest today is Rishi Passad. Welcome along, Rish. You can uh, reflect first of all on Carlos's decision, which um, well, he, he obviously feels he's he's taking it the, at the right time. And as I put it to him, there's, there's still many years training he could have left, but um,
0: that's not what he wants to do. No, and happy Valentine's Day, Tom. Um, I, I have actually been following Carlos La Perez for a long time, primarily because, as many of you will know, um, my favourite jockey of all time, Walter Swinburne. And Walter rode for, uh, rode for him way back in the early 90s, mid 90s. Um, so that's how he first came to my uh, attention but he's kept at the top table now for the best part of three decades. And his first group one win came uh, in the late nineties with uh, Spadoon. Um, And he's kept a constant uh, supply of top class horses. You know, it's the names of the horses that we remember for these great trainers, whether it's an arc winner in Solomir or one of my favorite milers in uh, Recoletos. Uh, He's been part of the elite scene in France, in Europe for a long time. Obviously, um he's made the decision to do what he wants to do which is understandable um and then as a consequence you know you sort of thank them for their contribution and thank them for providing these stars and um he has been one of the best trainers around for for a number of years now
1: yeah and we we wish him all the best and hopefully a very successful 2024 because that would be a very nice way to to bow out for him and his team uh rishi to more domestic matters now and to the, as it was put on the Racing Post, the Group 1 snub for the City mm. of York and, and Long Distance Cup. You sit on the Flat Pattern Committee. Uh, William Darby, the York Chief Executive, has provided a quote uh, to, to this platform and indeed to the Racing Post, David Carr. And I'll just read the, the back end of that statement. Him highlighting recent wins, including Space Blues and, and Kinross of the city of York. This tremendous race has achieved group one ratings for group one prize money and delivered fantastic racing for connections, racegoers, and viewers. Throughout the past decade, we and the BHA have been both open with and received support and encouragement from the European Pattern Committee for the progression of the race to be Europe's only all age group one over seven furlongs before the foray in October, uh, which obviously the foray... That one by Kalina, no less, it still stands as as mm. that. the only one in, in Europe. We remain committed to our fantastic sponsors to the race and its £500,000 prize fund in 2024. And we will continue to work with the relevant authorities to seek a successful outcome. Obviously, William, York will be very disappointed. Um, your position on the Flat Pattern Committee, I, I guess you're disappointed as well.
0: Yeah, um, it is disappointing, primarily because if you think about the inauguration of the city of York, and indeed the long-distance cup, um, it's always been an ambition to progress to Group 1 status. Uh, to do that, obviously, the race has to earn it on merit, and it's clear that both in terms of the quality of the race and in terms of the prize money it offers, the city of York deserves Group 1 status. Um, obviously, the, the challenge is getting everybody to agree to it. It's a decision that requires um, a unanimous agreement on it um and for reasons that are i'm not entirely uh, clear on um some people have voted not to upgrade it to group 1 status um but that's a disappointing result however that all york and um uh, the flat pattern committee can do is keep it going and try again next year when hopefully the race will um be awarded the status that I think it deserves. I think, yeah, apart from the fact that it's necessary, I think to have a another Group One race over seven furlongs, particularly in in Britain, um, it's also working. The race is also working. It's it's the merit of the race that has earned it that sta- that has earned it uh, being awarded that status. Similar to the Long Distance Cup, you know, and, and the Long Distance Cup, for example, compares um, favourably to one or two other races that are also group ones that perhaps don't compare as well as the long distance or compare as well to the long distance cup um so it's a very delicate political situation obviously there's a lot of give and take involved um for the moment though it appears to be stagnant in terms of where we're going with those two group ones but hopefully things will change again uh in 2025 so and just to confirm it's a yearly
1: a yearly application process that will happen each and every year right
0: Yeah, so in 2025, I imagine that um, the Flat Patent Committee on behalf of um, York and Ascot will approach the European Patent Committee to ask for those races to be upgraded uh, and to make the application again. Right,
1: interesting article that uh, Nick spotted actually on RT yesterday. It was written by the RT sport contributor and journalist Dara O'Kearu, who joins me now. Dara, it's uh, relating a, a file being sent to the Director of Public Prosecutions uh, following that notable raid in in Kildare in in twenty twenty one. So, so what do we know as things stand now, Dara? Uh, yeah,
3: thanks, Tom. It's um, I guess it's it's. Basic enough what we know, but I suppose it's the importance of the progression that this investigation has concluded. Um, It has taken a long time. This raid took place um, on November 9, 2021, as you mentioned, and the statement released at that time said that this was part of an ongoing investigation into equine doping so that that means that the, the investigation was taking place at that time and this was a next step either as a result of investigation or intelligence received so you would say that's going on three years um, or thereabouts or maybe more, but what we do know now as a result of a, a statement that I got from um, the Department of Agriculture, Food and Marine on, on uh, Monday is that that investigation has concluded. They have gathered The evidence that they have, and uh, sent a case file to the Director of Public Prosecutions. There are obviously sometimes cases of the lower scale don't need to go to Director of the DPP, but you know when it is of this level of seriousness, and there could be there is potential for criminal proceedings. They have to go to the DPP. And now we sort of await and see what comes from that. Do they feel there is enough evidence to, to go to court? And uh, if they do, they communicate that then back uh, to you know the the are, are the ultimate arbiters of what happens then after that. Um, and and that's where we lie at the moment. It's a it's a it's a progression, but in terms of detail and knowledge of what we know, there's there is still very little. Is it
1: a fair assumption that because a file has been sent to the, the to the DPP that um, that it's potentially more serious than at one stage it was thought, or is or is this not as is this not a, a surprising um, movement in the case, if you like?
3: Yeah, um, that's an interesting one because I, I I went back and asked that question because in my head I thought this meant that they thought they had a case that you wouldn't send a a file otherwise but I believe that once you have had an investigation you have to gather the file and send that in anyway so I don't think we can take it as read that they believe this means to be, this needs to go further. Now the fact that they were doing the investigation in the first place um, I think it gives you an indicator that that was the case and um, I know in the in the statement as I said, because I asked a further question about the involvement of not just other national bodies and obviously we have the IHRB in Ireland as well as um, the Kildare Lease Drug Unit that were involved in that raid but about the um, liaising with international agencies and bodies because we know around um, the world that the major doping progressions or busts that have happened within horse racing have involved legal, you know, the the, the FBI, the the police in Victoria, the police in France, uh, rather than racing bodies. And there was confirmation in that statement, you know, that in this case that there was sharing of uh, intelligence uh, and gathering of intelligence between bodies so i think that was interesting too so that would suggest to me that there is a level of evidence whether it is enough you know and, and who is involved and in as regards as a trafficking of uh, substances or use of substances here we we, we don't really know that only that in this raid there were substances that are not licensed for use on horses in Ireland Um, I should mention as well of course that um, Lynn Hillier the head of uh, the head veterinary office of the IHRB and head of anti-doping that was called to the raid after because there were horses there she she did blood and uh, urine uh, blood and hair tests of all the horses that were there at the time and they all returned negative, the horses that were at the yard at the time of the raid.
1: Dara, thanks so much.
3: Pleasure, Tom. Thank you.
1: This weekend, Rish, we have the Betfair Ascot Chase, a grade one over a two mile five. Long Presley heads the market. What we'll do first of all is hear from owner of L'Om Andy Edwards. I spoke to him a little bit earlier on, asked him how he was feeling ahead of his horse's run. Um, I'm really calm actually. Um,
4: um, yeah, I don't have any nerves. Um, obviously people around me are starting to get nervous and excited. It's a mixture of both. But yeah, I'm always, uh, you know, I'm not one of these people that goes into uh, a race with a horse fearing anything else or looking at anything else in their um, the main thing for me is the ground, and that it's the right ground for him. Which is what? What it is at the moment good to soft, soft in places. Ideally, it would be soft, uh, given that it was two miles five, you know, a bit shorter, um, than, than absolutely ideal for him. But, um, yeah, i no really happy with the weather and the ground at the moment.
1: And I guess you're in some ways going back to the to the scene of Ascot, where I, I feel it was when he he won back in December 2021 that he really burst onto people's consciousness as a as a as a proper animal, if you like, you know, without without doing any other animals any disservice, but as a as a basically a, as, as a potential Grade One horse.
4: Yeah, um, obviously Exeter the two weeks before was. Um, personally a big moment for me um and had a really big grin on Venetia's face after that uh, Mm. that performance and I I went in the office on the Monday I think or whenever it was after Exeter and I said I know it's a bit quick boss but in 15 days time there's a graduation chase at Ascot and she went oh that's a good idea (laughs) um so um so we went for that and my passing comment as I left the office and I said, when we win that, we go straight to the dipper and laughed. <laughs> she just shook her head. But um, that was actually how it turned out. But yeah, Ascot, when Charlie came back in under the, through the tunnel, he just said, Andy, that was so easy. He said that was ridiculously easy. And that was when we really knew we had um, the horse that we got
1: how are you feeling about you know whatever whatever happens this weekend? But it, it, the Gold Cup is a realistic target, all being well. Um, as as we sort of get closer to that, how how you how do you feel about your horses' prospects in in a Gold Cup? Given that we've pretty much seen everything else run their their prep race.
4: Well, obviously we've got to see what happens on Saturday, uh, Scott. My attentions are. Uh, uh, About this weekend, Um, um, everyone keeps, you know, hopefully it all pans out well. And and we go to Cheltenham with lots of confidence. As regards the Cheltenham race, where people ask me, obviously Galloping Deshaun is 183, 184. He's done that, those two ratings a couple of times. And what we've achieved so far on ratings falls short of it. Um, but it's like every, everything in sport, uh, and as we've discussed on, on, on the programme, um, it's what you've got inside your, your emotional and your mental grit and determination. And the difference I feel with Long Presley is he has something about him where he really doesn't want to be beaten. He does not like it. Um, and he's extremely determined Um, in that in that sphere and i think that's worth a lot in a race especially uh, an attritional race such as the gold cup where there is no quarter given he's definitely got the right aptitude for that type of race
1: well looking forward to seeing him this weekend and wishing you all the best andy thanks for your time thanks cheers tom what do you think, Richard? We saw Andy was very emotional, obviously, after Lingfield. He's been on, on Luck on mm. Sunday since and talked about his his affection for the horse. He's talked about his belief in the horse's belief. And he was very good at, at, at Lingfield. This is obviously a well, it's a similar trip. And then it will be all roads, hopefully, to the Gold Cup after that.
0: Yeah, I I love Lampresse. I think perhaps people don't even quite appreciate just what a good horse he is. The only thing I have of concern for the weekend um, is the fact that it is going right-handed. Now he might just be too good for all his rivals. It's possible that his class will allow him to dominate and he'll win comfortably. However, if you have a look back at his last three runs going right-handed, he has jumped out to the left. Now, obviously uh, it has resulted in some big wins. I mean, obviously when he wants sand down, um, uh, in the Silly Isles, he beat Mr. Coffee by miles. So jumping out to the left didn't prove too much of an issue. When he won at Ascot um, and he beat Legends Ride again, he jumped out to the left uh, and he won by, uh, you know, I think double figures. And also when he went to Kempton and he unseated in the King George, again, on that occasion, he jumped out to the left. Um, I think he would have been beaten, obviously, by Brave Man's Game anyway. Um, but that's the only concern. If you're playing a horse who is. As a uh, as a normal punter, um, if you're playing a horse who's eight to thirteen or whatever price he might be now, uh, you'll want everything to be almost almost perfect, um, and I'm just worried that how the race might unfold if Pictori. For example, a Harry Cobden get to the inside rail and they get into a good rhythm, as they did at Kempton last time, bar the last fence. I think if it wasn't for the last fence, I think he may have just beaten Banbridge. But if he gets into a good rhythm and he jumps well and he's quick and he's accurate, like he can be when he's at his best, his first run this season obviously wasn't that good at Ascot, but he ste- definitely stepped up. If that's the case and long jumping out to the left, uh, as he has done on his last three runs on right-handed courses, then it's just a bit of a concern that Pictori might put him under pressure. Um, so that would be the one, uh, concern. And I think it's a big concern personally for long Pressé versus pick Dory on Saturday in the Ascot chase. I do think that he still, he can, he can get beat at Ascot and still be a, a big gold cup contender or at least a contender, uh, Depends how how far ahead you think Galapan de Champ is ahead of everything else? But um, I still think that he'll be a, a player, uh, a significant player in the Gold Cup, regardless of what happens on Saturday at Ascot.
1: It's not an obvious route bet for Ascot Chase to Gold Cup. I think Q Card was the last horse to try and and go that way back in 2017, nice. having won this and then uh, and then obviously came down um, late
0: on in, in that race. Shishkin, but even Corto uh, Star got beaten in the Gold Cup after bolting up in the Ascot Chase. Oh, um, dear, oh the, sign,
1: the signs aren't oh, good. Goodness me! <laughs> um, how 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 does he shape up for you, Long as a as a Gold Cup contender? You sound pretty positive against a horse like Galopando Champ or, or or are Shishkin and he the sort of leading British hopes? Are they are they still away off Galopando? Do you think? Mm, I
0: don't. I don't think they're that far. Away. I don't think they're far enough away, or they're too far away to say you know for people to go. Um, Der vanchamp is a certainty or to talk about gal vanchamp uh in the same way that you know you would you would do say constitution Hill against his rivals although they state man's probably more of a serious rival this year uh, i surprised. I, I must admit I'm surprised Lom Presse is running at Ascot. I think it would have been fine for him to go oh, i mean if he were mine and he'd gone straight from Lingfield to the gold Cup, i would have been absolutely fine i mean he's he's won fresh, he's won off a break even when he won at um at Newcastle. Uh, where he carried 12 stone and beat some good horses. Um, that was a terrific performance, Fresh. So I was I'm slightly surprised that he's going to run again before the Gold Cup. But, you know, connections obviously feel that he needs it. Um, I, I still think if you consider him as a Gold Cup horse without Asker on Saturday, he's, he's a big player. I think that he and Shishkin will actually enjoy the challenge of the distance of the gold cup that's you know neither one of them have been that far they've never been three miles two and a half furlongs but if you watch long Pressé, even in the last run against Protectorat when he won at newcastle you know he's strong at the end of those races um fishkin i think probably would appreciate the extra distance because he saves a bit for himself and i think if you watch him on on saturday last saturday he's just dossing i think the two of them are. are are going to make it a more interesting Gold Cup than it looked maybe after gallup Champ had won at Christmas. Um, it looked as if you know, gallup Champ just had to turn up and collect the prize for the Gold Cup, but I think now uh, he's got certainly one serious contender in Shushkin, and hopefully long Presse doesn't do any damage to his hopes on Saturday. Um, and I still think, even if, were he to be beaten by Pictoria on Saturday, I still think he'd be a, a, a serious threat to, to gallup Champ in the Gold Cup. Well,
1: it was about this time last year that I was down at Ruth Jefferson's yard, looking at Sounds Russian, um, talking about him having a great chance in a Gold Cup, and um, it wasn't to be. Ruth, he he, he was obviously brought down, uh, and I, I noticed he's he's cropped up as having a couple of entries this weekend. So, first of all, how is he, and how come we haven't seen him yet this year?
5: Yeah, he's um, he's fine now. So. When he got brought down in the Gold Cup, he did an injury to his knee, um, pulled some ligaments off the bone, and with that, pulled quite a few fragments of bone off, so had 12 little chips of bone taken out of his knee, and the ligaments and cartilage tidied up, and from there, you've just got a long rehab process, really, so it's 11 months, but um, we'll be back.
1: Well, it's good he's back. Where, where's he going to run? He's in the, the Rendlesham and the Prestige, the the sort of novice version. Which one are you going for?
5: Uh, I think, I'm pretty sure he goes for the Rendlesham. Okay, um, well. He is still a novice over hurdles, mm. so when I had a flick, I thought I'd better just pop you in that as well, just in case, but um, I'd be leaning towards the Rendlesham at the moment.
1: And were you never going to give him a chase campaign, or is it just a case of having a first start back over hurdles?
5: Um, the vets actually advised that we didn't go chasing straight away, okay. so um, that was one reason. Well, the main reason we went back hurdling, really. So, I suppose at this time of year, there wouldn't really be a lot for his 161 offences. There wouldn't be a great deal of options for him. Yeah. So, you know, coming back over hurdles isn't the end of the world. Unless Haydock's off. Because if Haydock's off, there are a lot of options for him.
1: <laughs> I know. Let's not go there. I'm just pleased I'm doing Wednesday, not Thursday, on the podcast. Because I'm worried what's going to be on and off. So, that, so there we go. He's... um. I, I, I guess, well, how do you reflect on, on on running him in the Gold Cup? It didn't work out, and obviously what came with it was a, was a whole load of bad luck, but sort of how do you reflect on that performance and, and what he was doing up until he was brought down?
5: Uh, it's quite hard to tell, really. Um, he didn't jump the one before very well, and I thought, oh, you know, maybe you've got a bit tired, you know, they've gone hard from the front etc but then he absolutely winged the one he was brought down at mm. um like a fresh horse. so look I'm, i don't think we'd be beat under um whether we'd have been second third fourth or fifth i don't know it's such a long way out i suppose you, you don't truly know do you um how- just a shame it happened
1: yes of course how, how do you uh, depending obviously on what happens but let, let's say he you know let's say he runs really well comes back safe and sound have you, have you allowed yourself to think beyond the weekend or not
5: no, it's um, it's pretty pointless, to be honest. Um, you've just got to run him, see how he is. I mean, with this kind of injury, it's quite probable it'll be lame f- for a period of time afterwards. It's just how long and what's happened inside of his knee. You know, you can't see it. So at some point... You know, if he was still lame two weeks later, he'd, he'd probably need some x-rays and some scans on it and things. If he was lame for a day or two, he'd probably just bring him back into work and see. Um, if he's not lame, that would be fantastic. But the chances of that happening are fairly slim. It's likely that he'll come back and need, you know, a few days before we assess him and then see where we go next.
1: Well, great. He's back on a race course, hopefully, if it's on. And, um, <laughs> if it's on. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, good luck with him. Thanks, Ruth. Thank you. Wishing Ruth Jefferson Sounds Russian all the best this weekend. Anything else catch your eye, Rishi, around our courses? Any horses in particular?
0: Uh yeah, a couple of races at uh, at the weekend. I'm interested in uh Apple Away, who is due to run in the Reynolds Town or on um, Sedexo uh Reynolds Town chase, not novice chase. Um she was given a very aggressive ride last time at Warwick and paid for that when Gray Dawning picked her up in the closing stages. But obviously she's she's getting weight all round in the rental stand. I think she still remains a potentially very high class horse. She is obviously a Grade One winner over hurdles, so I'd like to see how she gets on. Um, a horse that I've been following for some time in the last uh, twelve months and hoping that uh, after the bubble got burst uh, at Ascot in the waterside goes back to Ascot on the back of that win in the handicap at, uh, at Lingfield. And I'm hoping that he retains the promise, um, as he goes back into novice company at Ascot. So, uh, I think more suitable trip for him. So, uh, he's another one that I'll be keeping a close eye. Uh, and Paul Nichols has got Sonagino entered in a few different races over the weekend, I would prefer to see Sonagino carrying more weight against inferior rivals. Again, back in Ascot in a handicap. Um, the only two horses higher than him in the handicap there are Goshen, um, who just, I'm afraid I can't trust Goshen anymore. Uh, Lamilos, who I think will have other targets later on. Um, and the rest of them, I wouldn't be too concerned about Sonagino giving weight all around. Uh, so I'd be hopeful that he runs and I'd have a little play on him on the weekend.
1: Right, time to go pointing. It's Wednesday and this segment, as you know, is brought to you by Thoroughbid's Points to Rules bonus. The online auction house dangling a £5,000 bonus for any horse sold with Thoroughbid that goes on to win on debut under rules. It's the final week to enter Thoroughbid's February sale. A risk-free consignment. There's no sale, no entry fee and entries close this Friday. We'll be, we will be bidding live from 9am to 12pm on Wednesday, the 28th of February, and to talk all things pointing is our regular Ben Atkins from Pointing Pointers Podcast. Uh, ben, welcome along. Should, should we start with Max Comley and uh, the 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 continued rise of Max?
6: Yeah, absolutely, Tom. Um, it's a good place as any. Uh, Max trained a treble up at Friars Hof at the weekend, and um, yeah, it's caught he's caught the eye of many recently, and I just thought would be an interesting place to start. So um max is 26 years old uh which is young by any standards but uh, especially in the horse training ranks and um he grew up uh, from a non-racing family next to cheltenham Racecourse, basically and uh and, and fell in love with the game and um road pointing for a little bit uh liked his food too much by his own admission he's, he's a very tall man and um started training basically by accident in 2019 um when him and a few friends got some horses together um and in in the season that's followed he's basically gone from four horses to 11 horses to 15 horses and he's now got 30 in his yard um and what's most impressive um i think about max is um his his current strike rate he he's winning with 58% of his runners and 83% of them are um are hit, hitting the frame essentially um and so yeah quite remarkable um come from uh, as i say a non-racing background as far as i can uh, work out you know he's had this opportunity to go into his great yard he's not had any exterior funding and he's just he's just made it happen so it's a it's a real inspiration for people who uh, um you know have ambitions to do the same and um and good on him The the, the, the even nicer thing uh, is that he's a great chap so um yeah it's not always the case that the good guys finish last. Uh, Tom, in this case, they're finishing first. Fifty-eight yeah, <laughs>
1: percent. That's 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 good to hear. I mean, he's achieving more than I was at twenty-six. That's for that's one hundred percent certain. Um, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk. Nace Hunter Chase. Ben. the the. Obviously, the we had Billoway in there. That it's on the line. Winning. Um, is this going to have an impact on the the big race at the festival?
6: Well, it's a good question. So, uh, the, a cynic, um, might have watched that race and, uh, and thought that, um, the, the David Christie cheering Ramillies had, had been sent off at a million and one to drag a difficult race out of, uh, Billaway and it's off the line, uh, it's on the line, I should say, um, but um, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not, an, what I'd consider to be an expert on Irish hunter chases, and have been back and looked, and it would appear that that's just the way that Remillys goes off uh, in all his races. But uh, nonetheless, uh, it was a pretty um, grueling race, um, and uh, it's on the line. Got up in near the line, let's say, um, to, to beat Billoway, um, Emmett Mullins. Uh, left the cheek pieces off it's on the line on that day and uh, you know said in a post-race interview that they'll be going back on at Cheltenham to just try and eke out that little bit more but but a fascinating contest in which um, david christie's got the got the favorite in ferns lock um at, at, at the at the uh, festival and so it'll be interesting to see um what happens between now and then um certainly from the english runners we learned a bit this weekend um on the point-to-point course as well um, I was at Brocklesby this weekend and uh, Premier Magic basically had what would uh, in effect was a race course gallop um, and got a bit of a blow into him. And uh, and also, going back to Max Comley, um, Just Your Type uh, ran in, in the hunt race there at Brocklesby, um, presumably also to give him a bit of a blow on a left-handed track um, with stiff fences. And there's, there's every chance that Just Your Type that's not currently in the betting will we'll go in that hunt chase um, at the festival
1: incidentally the, the the winner there was um an 8000 pound buy through Thoroughbred in March 2022 there we are Thank you for
6: remembering that song because it was highlighted in bold and yellow in my notes and you being the professional have remembered to say that and so, thanks very much to Thoroughbid for sponsoring this section.
1: (laughs) Not at all not at all um that's what I mean I was reminded to say it that's what uh that's (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll thank you to our PR guru for reminding us to say that so there you are What, what what is there anything um I always find this time of year we get you know, hunter chasers and somebody will go, Matt's that's not qualified. Or somebody will say, um, that's going to run. It's not even in the betting. I don't know why I'm doing that voice. You don't do that voice. But you know what I mean? It's quite a niche. These are quite niche markets when it comes to um, the qualifications, etc. Is there anything that has been missed? Is there anything that is in there that can't, all those sorts of things? Um,
6: yeah, that's exactly the case. Um, I think it's very unlikely that um, famous Claremont will go back to Cheltenham, um, obviously won very nicely at Aintree and it just doesn't seem to be his track yet. He's in the betting. Um, Regatta de Blanc, who's been a revelation um, for the, the Pendle partnership, who we mentioned on on last week's um, section, um, who's yet to lose a race and uh, dead heated with Grace Vuenki in the Coronation Cup last week. Um, It'd be a big step up for her. There's not a lot of miles on the clock. I've spoken to Will Biddick in the last few days. Uh, he feels that you know to be to be having a serious chance in the in the um, Hunter Chase at Cheltenham, you really need to uh, you know be winning point to points on the bridle and feeling like you can go around again. And that uh, Regatta Blanc is a very very nice horse, but perhaps one for for the future. I don't think a, a firm decision has been made yet, though. Um, there is a, another horse, um, that's running in the water at the weekend, Quinton's man, um, who I think, you know, if, if he went well at the weekend, if it's on, um, could easily enter the betting. Um, and the, there is a, there is other horses that, that may still appear. Um, but, um, yeah, as, as is often the case at this time of the year with the post betting, there is, uh, definitely horses in there that, that should
1: be avoided. <laughs> right. Understood. Understood. Uh, what have we got this weekend, Ben, that that, that has caught your eye in the UK? Um,
6: well, uh, this is a, a section about pointing and not hunter chases, but the Dick Saunders um, hunter chase uh, organised by the great guys over at the Jumping for Fun uh, forum is on Thursday, tomorrow, um, hopefully. Um weather providing at Leicester, and that could be really interesting. And also, of course, it's the Walrus on Saturday at Haydock, uh, um, where uh, Macklin, a really interesting horse, um, who uh, beat Highway Jewel recently, his little 15-3 pocket rocket might take its chance, despite um, unfavourable ground. I'd, I'd be really interested to see how he get on um, alongside uh, the horse I mentioned before, Quintin's man. Um, racing goes ahead at Horse Heath in Cambridgeshire and Brighton in Yorkshire and Badbury Rings down in Dorset, where they've got quite controversially, Tom, four maidens. They've had 60 entries um, and it's been split into four divisions. Um, and for anyone that's going to the course and fancies a bet, uh, I think that Will Biddick is hopeful that if he's good enough, no drama this end, which is a uh, full brother to the Donald McCain trained spirit of Regulus um we'll we'll get the business done in division three or four down there on uh
1: either Saturday or Sunday so as any racing presenter loves to hear the three words racing goes ahead but not so much split into four divisions that that you know so there you are Ben thanks ever so much no problem Tom lovely Rishi thank you much appreciated your contribution as ever you can go and um thank, clear, thank clear, you Tom you can clear away Holly's breakfast in bed now
0: well, there's just so much, so many rose petals, yeah. cards, all those. Uh, um, you know what it's like. She's just so lucky. Um, thank you. And <laughs> um,
1: uh, I hope everyone out there has, a, has a, a loving, lovely Valentine's Day because that was Wednesday the 14th
0: of February. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you by Timeform. The trusted source of racing data and analysis by the Racehorse Owners Association and by the Racing App in partnership with Fitstairs.